Hello and welcome to Ferris Ford. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. On today's program, I'm delighted to welcome two guests. We're going to talk with us about the very active COVID-19 testing program that we have underway at Ferris State University. I'm joined today by Joretta Harris, who's the Associate Vice President for Auxiliary Enterprises. Joretta, good to have you today. Thanks for having me. And by Steve Durst, who's the Dean of the College of Pharmacy at Ferris. Steve, thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure. Now, Joretta, I, my recollection is that you joined us sometime in 2017. Tell our viewers a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I, I uh, joined the ranks at Ferris in the fall of 2017. Um, uh, and this is my 29th year in higher education, um, all focused in the realm of purchasing and auxiliary services. Um, I have an undergraduate degree from the Detroit College of Business, which is now known as Davenport University. And my graduate work was done at the University of Michigan. So I am now a proud bulldog and uh, willing to do whatever it takes to, to keep us moving towards success. So what are all the things that are a part of Auxiliary Enterprises? Auxiliary Enterprises at Ferris State University consist of housing and residence life, dining services, printing services, bookstore operations, Catkey Golf Course, Racket and Fitness Center, shuttle operations, and now my newest baby, the COVID testing clinics. Wow, that, that's a lot. And Steve, I know that you actually began your career at Ferris as a student, is, is that right? Um, that is right, and I'm very proud of that. Yes, I'm a graduate of the College of Pharmacy um, back in the early 80s. Uh, and then returned in the mid 80s uh, after uh, a few years at the U of M. And it's a pleasure to be here. And you became Dean of the College of Pharmacy and? That was in 2011. Um, uh, I had been interim Dean for about 18 months before that. Uh, well, we're, we're pleased to have you both with us today. We're gonna talk about COVID testing. So how did the testing begin at first? Who wants to tell that story? I think that's Steve's story to tell because well, he's kind I, of the grandfather of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Joretta. I, I was just going to say, I don't think any one person can tell that story. And, and here's what I would say first and probably at the end of that story, and we're not at the end of that story. But when you ask how it began, it truly began as a collaboration. Um, in fact, you know, President Eisler, I, I can remember your call about testing and, you know, referencing one of our faculty members, Mike Klepser, who has done a lot with point of care testing. And that really started it. Um, and we immediately started working on that, pulling together a group of individuals, um, which really came together across divisions, across colleges, across disciplines, and started a testing program. And, and I say that because it really started just that quickly. I, I think within about four or five days, we had contracted with a clinical lab um, in Kalamazoo to do the PCR uh, testing, polymerase chain reaction testing um, for all the students that were entering 
um, in the residential halls. And maybe I'll stop there and let Jaretta talk more about that part of it. Jaretta? So yes, my team was responsible for the logistics end of the testing clinics and making sure that students were communicated with, that they knew how to sign up, that we had put together kind of what needed to happen on the back of the house in regards to um, uh, consent um, and having everything set up. So it was, um, from our perspective, we stood up a clinic in about a day and a half, which was extraordinary. And that just kind of goes to tell you about the, the caliber of the team that we have in auxiliary enterprises that can support an operation like this. In the first three days of the semester, we tested um, just under 3,000 students as they were moving into the residence halls. We have, um, and that was the PCR testing in partnership with Gene Markers. Um, and then we partnered with Helix. And then we started doing our own testing, our point of care testing. To date, we have conducted over 13,000 tests um, for our residence halls, our faculty, staff, and students, as well as our students living off campus. So it is, um, it is a, a, a clinic that is strong and going strong, and we're constantly looking at ways to become efficient, to keep students engaged in the desire to be tested, um, it's kind of hard, you know, um, but we want uh, to keep our students involved in that process. But I think the value of this is COVID is so contagious uh, and it can be contagious in asymptomatic uh, people. So being able to test, test people, especially within the, the confines of our, of our residence halls really helps prevent that. Uh, along with the things that you did, Jaretta, for fall in terms of having most of our students in, in single rooms. Now, Steve, I know we started with PCR testing. Now we're into antigen testing, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Um, and we are, we are looking at maybe the next generation of testing too. It would still be antigen, um, but a very simple platform that we would be moving to that would actually give students um, acknowledgement of their test on their smartphone. Um, it could be a whole nother uh, step forward, you know, that they would be carrying around with them their documentation. Wow. And, you know, I remember those first tests, I think they cost $100 a piece. And you know, I know that we, the antigen tests were first at $30. Or are we now to the, the $5 tests that we're offering? Well, um, what I just mentioned, that, that platform, which we soon will be moving to, I think we'll have a, a pilot supply here shortly is $5. Um, you know, what that does is it allows for frequency, it allows for availability, just two key parts of this public health effort uh, in, in the testing program. That, so I'm, I'm very enthused about the evolution, so to speak, of the testing. And and that too has been, you know, just a collaborative effort. Um, my gosh, the auxiliary enterprises group have kind of pivoted with every change we've made. Um, in fact, really leading some of those changes. And I think one of the advantages with the antigen testing is it, the results are just about immediate, aren't they? 
Yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, of course, cost is a, a factor, but I think for us, and I'll, I'll ask Jaretta to comment on it too, it, it really was hard waiting two days or sometimes three days for those results to get back. Um, we knew there would be positive results, but yet we didn't know who would, would be positive. And now it is a 15 minute test. Um, we can notify those with positive results. And again, uh, this is a surveillance test. These are asymptomatic patients. So they didn't even know that they were positive. And we can do that, you know, within an hour of their test. And Jaretta, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, how important it is in the residence halls. Yes, it is. And it's, you know, the, the students' ability to maintain their, their social activity. Um, with the point of care test, um, you know, they would take their test and we would promise them a response in two to three days and we would ask them to quarantine until they received the response. So now we can guarantee them a response prior to the end of the day that they test. So that helps them as well from their social activity. It also helps us to identify those that are positive and get them quarantined and set up for the services <clears throat> that we have available for them as they are quarantining and isolating on campus. And I know Jaretta that we tested the students moving the residents for fall. And I believe we made tests available for students uh, before they were headed home at Thanksgiving so that they could know what their status was when they went home. And did you test again for, we tested again for spring semester, right? We absolutely did. Um, we, we wanted to require students that were moving back on campus for spring semester to test. And just there again, the evolution of and learning, understanding what's happening in the environment. What we asked them was test upon your arrival to campus and then come back and test again five to seven days later in case there was something that happened, you know, during that incubation period that we would not have caught with the first test. So that activity has been very positive. It's, um, it's, we are really pleased to say we have no one in our isolation dorm right now, and we have less than two students on campus that are in quarantine. So that, again, says something positive about the students' ability to understand what is required of them and to take those um, precautions to keep themselves safe and those around them. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that our students have been very cooperative in terms of being tested and following these guidelines. How do you encourage that? It's not easy. Um, you know, there's some fatigue, some testing fatigue, um, but we have different ways of, of trying to forecast where that activity should be in our wastewater stream testing is one of those when we get feedback from our wastewater stream testing group that says we have a high prevalence of, of signaling in these various areas, we target our communication to those areas. If it's West Campus Apartments or if it's in one of the residence halls, we send a note directly to those residents living in those quadrants to say, we highly suggest you participate in one of our upcoming testing clinics. And they do respond and react. Um, one of the other things that we used as an incentive for them returning from spring was we offered some gift cards to Starbucks and to the bookstore just to help energize the activity so that 
some of that fatigue can be offset by them gaining something, not only just for their own health, but for their neighbor's health. And then they have something else to share about it. So we are, we've been a little lucky in that regard. Well, I think uh, I, I, I could just, add, yeah, I'd also like to uh, identify the other students, the volunteers that have helped with those clinics, which has been impressive, as well as the faculty, too, uh, that have put in hours and really days into running those clinics. It's, it's been impressive. It truly has. Our students are incredibly committed. They're professional. Um, they are doing a great job. And I think it is a great story of collaboration, also of the talent and ability that we have with our faculty and staff. And Steve, I can remember when we first talked about testing and during the, during the week before school began, you actually stepped away from being, being dean for a week to help organize this for us, didn't you? There, there was a, a lot going on that week. There really, there really was, all of it worthwhile. You, you know, when we look back over fall semester, um, what we were able to do, the benefit to our students and all our employees, faculty, staff here at the university was worth all the hours put in. And, and I can see Joretta smiling now. I know she's remembering back one meeting on a weekend where probably about 12 to 15 of us were just going through every step of this process. And I won't tell you what time it is, but I know that meeting went from Saturday to Sunday. Um, it, it, it's been an extraordinary effort. It really has. And I would add that the success of what you're doing is a part of the, the measures that many people have worked on at Ferris, the, 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 the social distancing, the masking, the hands washing, the, the barriers in classroom, the class sizes. And right, this semester, we're teach, we have over 50% of our students in Big Rapids have some sort of face-to-face -face contact in a classroom. And at this point, the rates are very, very low. Mm -hmm. We've, yes. And I think the testing is, is certainly a big part of that. Um, I, I just wanna go back to the other thing you were discussing and that is this campus-wide effort, you know, and you mentioned it um, Jaretta mentioned it, the wastewater testing. We have had everyone involved in this effort. Clinical lab sciences and the nursing program, the pharmacy program, of course, the, the core lab from the College of Arts and Sciences, and Sky Pike, they are doing all these assays. So um, I, I have been here quite a while and I've never seen an effort that was so engaging. Um, you know, everybody has played a role. And since probably the middle of November, rates on campus have been lower than, than in, in the community and much lower than in the state, both in terms of the number of cases and in terms of positivity. Now, I know you've also done some really significant testing with athletes. Who, who'd like to talk about the athlete testing? Um, yes, the athletes, and, and there again, you know, more colleagues, um, engaged in that testing, um, it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of fun to do the athletes. You know, they for a while they were being tested six days out of seven, and um, they know the routine um, much better than I do. You, you know, because they are so frequently being tested, but it's worked. It it has worked, and and we have now been able to back off some of the 
NCAA requirements have changed a little bit. Um, I do have one kind of quick story. You know, our team, the hockey team is headed to Houghton this week, weekend. And um, it, we have one of our alumni, in fact, she was president of our alumni board. And so I called her on uh, Tuesday night and she will be assisting with the testing of our team there at Houghton on Friday and Saturday. So it's, it's really a statewide effort now. And we're doing testing on campus uh, for faculty, staff, and students. How often does that occur? For testing on campus, we have um, standard test clinics on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, 9.30 to 12.30 on Tuesday and Thursday at Wink Arena, and 2 to 5 in the pharmacy um, clinic on Wednesdays. And that link for the schedule, as well as the ability to sign up, is located on our coronavirus um, hub website. And the testing is free, correct? The testing is free, yes it is. And, and over 13,000 tests. Did, did you ever imagine in August when you started that, that you would have it administered 13,000 tests and with still 10 weeks of spring semester to go? That's correct, you know, it's so funny because I was trying to understand how we would even complete the 3,000 tests for those moving in for fall. You know, that just seems so insurmountable, but now we're at 13,000 tests and, and we're ready to go. You know, we're talking about what can we do over the summer to support keeping the campus alive and keeping activity on campus. So we're ready, you know, we're committed to it. Well, as you reflect on, on your, your success so far, what have you learned from this? One of, the, one of my takeaways is <clears throat> how important collaboration is, not just in regards to reaching out, asking for help, but also talking about and sharing the objectives and bringing everyone to the table. Um, Steve and I work hand in hand on this project. We have different objectives. He wants to make sure that his students are involved, that we have the proper um, medical supervision in those spaces and I look over logistics, but it's still a hand-in-hand -hand collaboration. One cannot happen without the other. And I believe that there are more projects and things that services that we provide throughout the campus community that um, we can learn a lesson from and, and operate more in that manner. Steve? Yes, um, well, you know, I would echo Jaretta's comments, but then I would also add um, the, the range of expertise on campus. Um, when we get together for the testing task force committees, it is nothing short of impressive to look at the experts on that call, uh, whether it's public health or epidemiology, you know, laboratory sciences, pharmacy, um, nursing, it's, it's all there. And of course, logistics, um, that, that continues to impress me. Well, I, I wanna thank you both for the work that you're doing. I wanna emphasize the testing we're talking about is asymptomatic. It's for, it's for faculty, staff, and students who wanna be tested and wanna see, see it if, if they're positive. If a person's symptomatic, what do they do? Go ahead, Gerard. 
for a person that is experiencing symptoms should, if they're um, staff, they should reach out to their primary care uh, provider. If they are a student on campus or off campus student, they should reach out to the Burkham Health Clinic. And we have put together um, a protocol where they can, they can receive testing um, just through a different venue, but we want to make sure that we have a seamless um, stream of resources available to them and not create a whole lot of, of uh, barriers for them to get, to get the testing and the resources that they need. Well, Steve and Joretta, I wanna thank you for joining me today. You're just two great examples of how Ferris State University has come together to succeed, be open, be helping students continue to learn during this pandemic. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having us. Yes, and thank you. I, I'm certain without your efforts that this would have been far more difficult for our institution and for everyone who's benefiting from your efforts. I wanna thank you because it, it is peace of mind for a faculty or a staff or a student to be able to get tested and to know for certain that, that they don't, they're not positive for COVID and if, and if they already get the treatment that they need. Well, and, and thank you for your leadership and commitment to this program, too. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, you've been listening to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler, and I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks so very much. Oh.